Hello again, everyone. Welcome to our study of the book of Acts as we are looking for Jesus' church. Last time we studied, we spent time going through Acts chapter 2, and we noticed the, the message that was preached. We noticed how, Je uh, how Jesus was preached as being Lord and Christ and how uh, about 3,000 responded to that and were... Uh, they obeyed the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. They repented and were baptized for the forgiveness of their sins. We notice how that this group of people then, these are, these must be Jesus' church. These people were added, the text says in verse 47, at the end of chapter 2, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. This church must be Jesus' church. So as we continue on in chapter 3, it says, Now Peter and John, they were two of the apostles, went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, or about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Very quickly, just stop and point out, remember how we mentioned in chapter 1, how that prayer is a something that we're going to see over and over in this book, something that comes up as important. Well, here are two of the apostles going up to the temple at a, a specified point of the day for the purpose of praying. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. The gate is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, just as he did for everyone else. And fixing his eyes on him, John and Peter, they said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So notice the importance of prayer and the significance that prayer plays in the life of of those who are part of Jesus' church. In the life of Christians, prayer is something that stands out as being important. Also, a phrase that we're going to see several times in this chapter, and we will see it many times in this book, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Remember what Peter said back in chapter 2, verse 38, when the crowd asked him and said, you know, what shall we do? We realize that we have crucified uh, with wicked hands. We have crucified the spotless, innocent, holy Lamb of God, the Lord in Christ. What shall we do? And Peter told them to repent and be baptized, every one of them, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. In the name of Jesus Christ. Here, so they were told to, be, to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. This man is healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, about these 
miracles that the apostles were doing. Acts 2 verse 43, you might remember, told us that many wonders and signs were being done or were being performed through the apostles. So here we have recorded one of these signs, one of these miracles that they did. And so the people were then realizing who this man was, that he had been healed, and they gathered around with wonder and amazement. And as the text goes on, it says, Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, he was clinging to them, not because he couldn't walk, but I would imagine, as you and I would be, just joy and overwhelmed with thankfulness for what had happened. All the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, and they were greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us, as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up, and denied in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just, and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all, or has given him this perfect health. He has been healed completely in the presence of all of you. The suffering, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus continues to be emphasized. Just as that was something that Peter emphasized in the sermon we read in Acts chapter 2, so here, in beginning to teach this crowd, he emphasizes Jesus' death, burial, resurrection again as well. And it's not as if some of this crowd had never heard it before. More than likely, some of the people in this crowd had also heard what Peter taught back in Acts chapter 2. So this isn't new to them, uh, and some of them likely had seen Jesus. So this wasn't new to them. So he is emphasizing the death, burial, the resurrection of Jesus intentionally. It's not that they didn't know it. It's not that they maybe even hadn't heard this before. But it needed to be emphasized to them. We also see, once again, that that faith in the name of Jesus makes this man perfectly well. Something I want to bring to your attention as we go forward is now Peter is getting into another sermon, essentially. And he approaches it a little bit differently, but in many ways he makes a lot of the same points he made in the one he preached back in chapter 2. Picking up with verse 17, Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. You didn't know what you were doing. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ who has preached to you before. 
whom heaven must receive until the time of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet, talking about Jesus here, shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. What Peter says in Acts 3 verse 19 parallels uh, very easily alongside what he said in Acts 2.38. In Acts 3.19 he tells the people, Repent therefore, because you have crucified the Son of God. I realize that you did it in ignorance, but still that does not excuse your sin. Repent therefore, and be converted why? That your sins may be blotted out. What did Peter tell them back in Acts 2.38? Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For what purpose? For the forgiveness of sins. So this idea then of people coming face to face with emphasizing first of all, look, here's who Jesus is. He lived the perfect, sinless life. He was crucified, though he did not deserve it. He was innocent. He was sinless. He was buried. He rose again the third day. And he is now Lord and Christ. In view of that, then, in view of it was our sins, in view of the fact that he died for us, and that we are the ones who have sinned, repent. Repent and be converted. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Why should we do that? For the forgiveness of sins, so that your sins may be blotted out. See, this message then, and you may remember this. We talked about this back at the beginning of the first episode, really, in thinking about this. In Luke chapter 24, verse 47, Jesus said in verse 46 and 47, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission or forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name. Whose name? Christ's name. To all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. That's what's happening here, isn't it? Christ's suffering and his death and his burial, his resurrection are being emphasized, and repentance and the forgiveness of sins is what is being offered to those who are hearing. Look, you need to repent. You need to be converted. You need to be baptized into Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, why do they need to do that? So that their sins can be forgiven. Jesus said, this is what's going to be proclaimed or preached in my name. So as we go forward, Jesus, in the last few verses of this chapter, this is a very short chapter, so this won't be a very long episode. Peter goes on, and, and by the way, there's also consequences to rejecting Jesus. Because in verse 23, And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet, and that prophet is a reference to Jesus Christ, shall be. All right, this isn't 
every soul who will not hear that prophet, you know, you may still, you know, you're 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 rolling the dice, you're taking a risk. No. Every soul who will not hear that prophet talking about Jesus shall be utterly destroyed, completely destroyed from among the people. There is salvation that is being offered in the name of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of sins being offered in the name of Jesus Christ. However, there is also a warning that's being given. Is look, you are being extended this offer. Don't reject what you're being offered. Because if you reject it, there is nothing that can save you from utter destruction. There's nothing to save you from being lost if you reject what is being offered to you in the name of Jesus Christ. He says, yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. Basically what Peter is saying is he's going back to Moses, to Samuel, and he's saying, look, the Old Testament, all those writers of the Old Testament, they were writing, foretelling. They taught, There are so many prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus Christ. The one specifically in verse 22, talking uh, what Moses said, is from Deuteronomy 18, verse 15. They were pointing forward to the one who would come to Christ. You are sons of the prophets. And of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you. In other words, this opportunity is being extended to you, the Jews, first. Why? He sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities, from your sins. God has extended this opportunity to you, to the Jews here first, so that you can turn away from your sins, so that you can repent and be converted, so that your sins may be blotted out, so that you can repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, every one of you, for the remission or for the forgiveness of sins. This offer of salvation, this offer of forgiveness that is extended in the name of Jesus Christ. So really, as we draw this chapter to a close and bring this episode to a close, as we think about looking for Jesus' church, something that we ought to see, and as we continue looking for the Lord's church, as we get through this chapter, I hope you see that something that will stand out about the Lord's church, as we look for His church, a a marker, so to speak, to help us identify his church today. His church should be proclaiming the same things here that Peter is proclaiming. Look, you have sin in your life. It is through faith in Jesus Christ, through repenting of your sins and being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, that's how you have your sins forgiven. That is how you turn yourself away from your iniquities, from your sin. And don't reject this offer, this extension, this, the grace that God has offered. Don't reject that. Because if you do, 
you are rejecting the only thing that can save you. Folks, in looking for Jesus' church, this will stand out about His church. This message of salvation, and not something that, that man has come up with, but this message that we have seen so far in the book of Acts, this is the message of salvation that Jesus' church will be proclaiming and will be teaching and will be telling others. I appreciate you studying along with us today. Uh, Lord willing, next Monday we will be in Acts chapter 4 once more looking for Jesus' church. I appreciate you listening along with us. May God bless you.